guys are grown let's go ahead and get in what's up y'all it's your boy hilliard guest and you guys are listening to the screenwriters rant room where we keep it real we keep it opinionated we keep it what everybody 2016 2016. damn near 17 i know it's (laughs) almost over it's almost thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus made it through 2016 might have been nice (laughs) for some of y'all all of them Ooh, 2016 is going to be the year of pivotal changes. The surreal, we Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. surreal life, like <laughs> the stuff, the dystopian is mm-hmm. here. The craziness, Big Brother has arrived. Yes. I am living in ni- 1984 is 2016. <laughs> the blacklist exists. Okay, it's like, woo, <laughs> surprise. Exactly, yeah. Blacklist does exist, believe <laughs> me, believe me. We so are living in Black Mirror right Y'all now. know how we do it on The Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but I focus this is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. <clears throat> Can't even talk right now. Mm-hmm. So y'all here, my girl, Lisa Bolacaja mm-hmm. over here to the left. To the left. I forgot to I was going to tell you. To the to left, left. Right, I, wait, left. left. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Lisa. I, and she is cool. She I was going to say something to you, and I totally forgot. Like, I had it on the tip of my tongue to come in and say it, and I totally forgot what it was. So... I'm so cool. Yeah, well, besides you that, love me. No, I'm yeah, that too. And uh, you got caught up on my pages. Yeah, well, no, okay, I'm saving that for no, no. That's for tonight. Okay, I, look, I wouldn't got a good bottle of wine last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. And some good look, look, look. I got some really good Korean food waiting for me at home because okay. as soon as I leave here, well, I'm gonna have a few more. So no, 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 no. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a couple more, and then I'm gonna sit when I get home. Yeah. I'm gonna eat. And I'm gonna have my I'm wine, and I'm gonna read the, ad, and I'm gonna read your pages and enjoy them <laughs> immensely. I might even dress up. Put your shirt hat on at the same time. I might even have to hook it up because it's like it's a treat when I read your pages. So I'm always excited, especially with the scripts. I'm like, what, what are you gonna give me with now? And hmm. pizzazz. Uh, yeah. So that'll be later this evening. I'm gonna go see The Handmaiden one more time. Oh, where's that oh, really? It's playing. It's four o'clock and seven thirty off of Wilshire Boulevard. One of them little. Theater places is the only place it's playing at. So I'm gonna go try to run and see it. When Music we're done. hall, you think? Uh, oh no, no, no! It's, it's it's playing at the Fine Arts Theater. I saw that last night when mm-hmm. I was coming home. I don't yeah. know why would I yeah. look up on IMDb? Yeah, That's the, the only place it's playing. It's like one is at four and one is like yeah, seven thirty. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to go run mm-hmm. and go see it because I saw like the first half. Because I was seeing another, look, I was going to see another movie, and then I was like, I was there, I said, you know what, let me give this movie like Uh the first 10, because you know I'm a part channel, I'm a fan, Mm -hmm. so I thought, let me just sneak in, and then the guilt got to me, (laughs) so I was sitting there for like 15 minutes, and I was like, shit, and I said, two, I need to talk to somebody about this movie who's seen it yet, Uh so I got to go see it, and so 
I got to go see it one more again okay. just to get the full effect. So, look, look, I paid enough money to be up in there. I should be able to see five movies for as much money as I paid. So I was like, let me go see the first 15 minutes and then I'll get the rest of it because it just, it just it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn it, I feel guilty. Right. Let me get then, it. then we got my man, little bro over here. <laughs> little bro over here, Chris Derrick from the Derrick Brothers writing directing team. What's up, Chris? What's up, people? Chris is like, I'm grown. Why I got to be the little brother? <laughs> Because that's what I call him. Because he's younger than me. <laughs> I might be. I might be. You know, still got his thumb in the mouth. Still okay. waiting. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, y'all. Yes. So you know how we do it on the Rant Room. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So before we started, y'all was going in about the new Rogue one movie. One. Yeah, right. Think so about it for a moment. Tell the kids a little bit because I ain't seen it yet. <laughs> Y'all bitches. I will say this: if you don't know anything about the Star Wars universe, you can totally go see this movie and not worry about like I haven't seen all the other movies. That's why it's great. On. That's why it's, it's a great. A standalone film that you could just go in and enjoy. And number two, I only went. I'll be honest with you. The only reason I went to go see it mm-hmm. was for Donnie Yen. I'm a ride or die Donnie Yen fan. Mm-hmm. Since Wing Chun, like the original movie from way back, from way back, you know, I'm an Ip Man fan. Like I've seen every single. You would have oh. seen it anyway. <laughs> Maybe not in the theater. No, but I you would not have. Seen it. You would no, have. No, I'm gonna be honest. You would have seen it on video. I would probably not see it. I'd probably catch it. Like I'm gonna be honest with you. It's mm-hmm. like there's the Star Wars universe. I'm not interested in a lot of the other stuff. As much as I am like in Star Trek, like mm-hmm. I appreciate Star Wars. I love it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But like the offshoot stuff, I'm not really into all that. Because I just think, you know, I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good. But then I saw they casted Donnie in. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, damn. <laughs> I'm going to go see my boy. And then I was like, it's fitting that Star Wars that ripped off everything off of Asian culture. <clears throat> It's fitting that they have an Asian character, mm-hmm. you know, come through. I mean, y'all already wearing Asian people's clothes and technology <laughs> in the whole universe. True. I might as well come see it. And I was like, I'm going to go see it because of Donnie Yen. And then, mm-hmm. when they, then they cast Riz Ahmed. And I'm a huge, I said, you know what? I'm going to go. They have all these men of color. I'm going to go check it out. And I, real talk, that's the only reason why I went to go Are see it. Are they the leads? Uh, no. Well, it's, it's kind of an ensemble. Well, so, I mean, look. I so, feel like it's an ensemble. Who's it? So it's Felicity Jones is like the lead, but her mm-hmm. character wasn't. I wasn't all that impressed. Like she was just, you know, she's the hero, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like she wasn't that engaging to me. And Donnie I, Young she was, was like, and like, she wasn't the wives going to go see. It. He's like the Han Solo character of, oh, okay. like, of this. Who's and the, and the, what's the other guy's so name? She's the comic relief. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I mean, like like the Asian guys are supposed to play like Han and Chewie. I mean, in terms of like their function in the story. <laughs> And I was like, they were not making that noise. And I, I was kind of like, that's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It wasn't executed as cool as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Because like Chris it, has his whole this whole backstory the way it should have been. Mythology. And, his, and, and, and it's a great. I love it. It's a great. I love. I said if that would have happened, I was already upset anyway because mm-hmm. this movie just not. I'm, I'm telling you right now. This movie is not like the child version of Star Wars. Like this is a real like this is Star Wars and war in parentheses. But you said it's like grown up. The grown it's up. It's a grown up, up Star Wars. But see, but see, that's that's the part that I kind of take umbrage with because they went back to lighten it up. Hmm. You know, like the reshoots were to lighten this movie up, and I was like, really? Because it could have played it a lot really darker, dark? and it should have played a lot darker, and it would have been a lot better if it was a lot darker, hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. because that robot. 
people people were laughing at his lines constantly, constantly, yeah, constantly. But, he, but you had to have. But you remember. But he's snippy as opposed yeah. to the way three PO is. Mm-hmm. Where three PO is very prissy. So mm-hmm. there's a difference. There's a difference between snark and prissiness. <laughs> yes, there is though. Yes, there is. And I appreciate the snark because yeah. he was like this robot was like like real talk. Mm. Like, if it wasn't the white dude who I knew who was playing him, like, I would have thought, this robot has a black person's mentality. <laughs> yeah. Because he was saying lines like, that's some black people shit right yeah. there. Yeah, the way he was bullshit. talking. Yeah, he was. He really, he really was. Well, well, well see, the, the, the cool thing they said about him is, is they said he's, like, he's an imperial droid. Mm-hmm. He's been reprogrammed. The side effect is he just says what he feels. He's got free will. Mm-hmm. He can say what he, say the shit he wants. He's like data, the way data wished he could have been from the mm-hmm. Star Trek yeah. universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it just it, comes. It, you know, so there's this one part where it's like, he's data from the hood. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, like there's this, this is one part where he's talking and he's like, you know, I'll go with you, uh, Jen Corso. Because so and so took my had to, you know, is <laughs> like the line is like you know you're like oh he's come around okay no, no, I didn't come no around. no I've been no. threatened to I mean come basically around. it's like this is the story this is like the I won't call it the prequel because it was kind of like in the same universe it's kind of happening the same time this that J. J. Abrams also? a new hope no. is happening who did this one uh, Edwards yeah oh, okay that's right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hence why it's not light, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like you know. It kind of explains to you how they got the plans to destroy the Death Star, mm-hmm. and then once you know that, then you can go watch A New Hope and figure out. Oh, okay, now we, we we know how they figured it out. But this really shows you the sacrifice of war, and it shows you what what these rebels had to go through to get Luke to where he was, able to do the things that he right. did. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's right. it's it's really great to see that. Um, my only complaints about the film: number one, not enough women. Mm. And especially women of color. Like, if they would have just had that... Krennic. Easy fixes. Krennic. Easy mm. fixes. See, see, okay, so... Easy so, fixes. So, so basically, you know, the whole thing is that this is the first creation of the, of the Death Star. And there's this guy named Director Krennic who's, who's in charge of... He's the Empire guy who's, who's in charge of the project. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is he doesn't wear a mask and everybody you've seen pretty much in the Empire Stormtroopers all have masks mm-hmm. Vader has a mask doesn't mm-hmm. we need I mean he has to have a mask mm-hmm. but everyone else has masks and then there's you know like Grand Moff Tarkenton who makes a sweet cameo in this <laughs> and, um, um, and and, and, so, and you know, I was saying to myself just now she was saying enough woman I said you know what the director the guy who's in charge of the Death Star plans mm-hmm. that should have been a woman and and also like thematically for the story mm-hmm. is that the, is that the lead's a woman and that guy was responsible for causing all her heartbreak mm-hmm. and anguish. So if that was a woman, it would have been a lot cooler. It actually would have felt like Conan with Thalsa Doom <laughs> if they made it like a dark, a person of color, yes. mm-hmm. and it would have been like the flip of Conan, okay. which to me. Is is a more visceral film than the Star Wars films because it's a lot more. Shout about- out to Thulsa Doom and that lace front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That lace front, <laughs> not a struggle wig on James Earl Jones at all. That hair is late. You go back and watch that movie now, like, bitch, that hair is laid, <laughs> laid. So y'all Shout know. out to Rogue One too. Uh, yeah. No struggle wigs. Yeah. No. No. It's, it's, I mean, but look, but but but. The, the, there's a scene with Darth Vader, mm-hmm. which if you've seen the trailer, then you know Darth Vader's in the movie. I'm not spoiling anything. And you been, bet you should have been seen it if he was serious. <laughs> but <laughs> he's been out for three okay. days. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a scene with Vader mm-hmm. where he shows what you really always thought Vader was about 
and he never showed in any of the movies. Like you never, you mm. never see him. So we see a new side though. Being, no, no. The first time you meet him in in um, A New Hope, and he's choking that dude in the air, mm-hmm. and you're like, "This is a bad mm-hmm. ass dude." And the next time you see him, mm-hmm. he's choking dude with his hand, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, "This motherfucker's bad." Everyone's afraid of him. He's but, got the iron fist. But why is he so bad? <laughs> like, like why is he this? You know, and he's a great starfighter. You see right. that he's mm-hmm. he, blah blah blah. But he does some hand-to-hand fighting in this movie oh, really? that is so hardcore. Huh. It's probably the hardcore scene of, 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 of the entire series. Hmm. I was like, damn, dude. Like, and, and, and in my opinion, it makes the movie. So they gave, you some, they it, gave you some Jason Bourne shit in the middle yeah, of it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's almost worth it just to see that scene, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Okay. Hey, and shout out to the people who was mad at me because when we were ranking, because Jeff was on the, on Twitter too, we were mm-hmm. ranking the Black Girl Nerds, a bunch of people like ranking the movies now. Because you know, it's all, and, inevitably, mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Every new Star Wars incarnation, we're going to start ranking stuff. And some people was mad because I put Rogue One ahead of Empire Strikes Back. I'm like, bitch, y'all should look like a lot of people. Lucky did, Empire Strikes Back was even on mm-hmm. my list because none of the other prequels after the first three even mm-hmm. made it on my list. Like, they mm-hmm. was trash. And speaking of trash, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Can I, can I, Empire's one of my favorites, but in terms of ranking, like just honestly ranking them, Rogue One is ahead of Empire Strikes Back in my in my opinion. Okay. And a uh, little clap back to uh, the New Yorker. I'm not gonna say his name because everybody because they already dragged him through the Twitter streets. <laughs> but the New Yorker who did the the film review of Rogue One, who who implied that it needed oh what did he say? He said it needed a vigorous male lead no. to 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 stand up. And it was talking about how it didn't have like the best character. It, it had the nerve to say that the other movies, the prequel movies, were better than Rogue One. The no. fact that you said no, the fact that you had the nerve to say Attack of the Clones was better than Rogue One. Mm. First of all, you're trash. <laughs> second of all, second of all, the only away. reason why you said that was because there was no white male being centered in that movie in Rogue One at all. Mm. And I did notice a difference in the story, and in, in, in terms of how the story flowed, because I felt like every character kind of had their moment in the film, mm-hmm. and you would never get that if there was a white lead, because the white dude would get all the best lines, and, and, and get they every would moment, get, get they would get every everything moment. at every moment. And like I was telling Chris, That's I what sat we call there, pulling up, yeah, Netflix. and look what I said. Right. And I remember, and I told Chris this. I sat and two of my friends, and I leaned over to my friend Taj, and I said, "Girl, did you notice in the spaceship there is not a white dude on here at all? The only white dude who's present is not even a bodied person. He's a robot, mm. so that don't even count, you know. But it was like they were all men of color, mm. and then the one white female, and it was like." And I said, do you notice there's a difference in the storytelling in terms of who is getting the maximum lines, who is being centered? And it's in a world where it's not about race. No. Right. Who's sacrificing things? Who's doing all this kind of like like fascinating kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. I mean, see, because see, like, you know, there's moments in the, the finale battle that all the characters who you've been kind of following all have these really fascinating moments Mm -hmm. that you know, if you go back to just say a new hope, all the fascinating moments go to Luke. Right. Like, like every fascinating mm-hmm. moment goes to Luke, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and, and, and very similar in the, the, the prequels. The, now, the guy from New Yorker, I haven't read his review. If he even mentioned episode one, two, or three in any review, he has no business reviewing Star Wars. Look, no, no, no. Look. He has no business, he, he has no business of reviewing any movie. Mm-hmm. If you can mention those movies, because all, <laughs> all you gotta do is go online. There's this guy on, on YouTube. I don't know his full name, but it's called like um, Red Letter Media. Yeah, and this guy spends about 45 minutes so on good. on each of the prequels mm-hmm. and 
puts his foot in that ass in a way that I don't think anyone. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's there's nothing worse than that, mm. in my opinion, of 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 a scathing review. If any of those prequels are on your list at all, you can't sit with me. <laughs> don't come say hi to me ever. That's Casting was horrible. Writing was, I'm so ashamed. And it was just like, it, it was just a waste. Like, I act like those movies don't exist. It's kind of like the third, you know, I always joke, the third, uh, my favorite Italian movie of all time, The Godfather. It's like, you pretend, there's certain movies you pretend, even though there's like three of them are truly, you act like that last one don't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, like that with aliens, like, like the alien movies. Like, I act like, like there's certain movies. Skulls. Yeah, it's like, you, you, just, know, you, just, mm, you just pretend like it don't exist. It's like, like Breaking and Beach Street. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Breaking is cool. Maybe the second one, but then when you start getting the diminishing returns, we mm-hmm. just act like they don't exist. <laughs> they start doing electric so, boogaloo. I'm like, the thing is, different. I didn't get a chance to see the final tally of how much money it made, but I know it's, it's making a grip of money. Mm-hmm. $71 million on Friday alone. Just seeing the On people, alone. yeah. Just seeing um, people's reactions, especially from people who, because um, I know as a black person, um, I'm always happy to see black folk, and as a woman, I'm always happy to see women. There were characters in here who had disabilities. There are people in here who are having to learn how to... I mean, it's just there's so much going on in here that there's something for everybody in mm-hmm. this movie. And I know there's some people who were heavily criticizing. I, there was one comedian actor that I... Uh, I follow um, who had made some comments about how he got a little emotional because there was a Pakistani character, mm-hmm. somebody who looked like him mm-hmm. on the screen, you mm-hmm. know, and the impact. And I know we joke all the time or we talk or we go in hard about, you know, representation and stuff. But to me, this is a big deal. Like I joke all the time. You got two Asian dudes in the movie. Mm-hmm. You got two Latino. I mean, this is rare. Usually when you get one, mm-hmm. but the fact that you got several different groupings of men of color and more than one. And some of them are not friends or even related to one another. To Let me, me that's you, huge. Do you think? Do you think in the casting that the director and the production women, no. decided whoever's the best, or do you think they're like we're going to go this way? Do you think? It I think it might be a combination of things. Like, see who's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Who's who's going to bring in an audience? Donnie Yen has a huge following. Mm-hmm. Riz, um, Riz Ahmed, Ahmed is getting a I mean, lot of critical acclaim see, because, mm-hmm. like, he was in. You know what is it? The night something? The night? Oh, not of. Well, he, yeah. Nightcrawler. Um, in the Night Of, Love he's a Nightcrawler, night got robbed of Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. and he was in the new Joyce Bourne film. I'm and, still bitter about and that. And he was in this, this interesting movie he did called um, The Reluctant Fundamentalist. He'd been in a lot of... And this, he's got and, a lot This is all, well, this is all in the last like, three or four years. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just feel like, yeah, he, you know... And, and the cool thing is, he plays an instrumental cool role in this film in the finale. That's what I like about this. Mm-hmm. They all have a role mm-hmm. that's necessary to help the whole thing come And this together. is so key because this is one of my new things I'm really... Like the films and the books and stories and scripts that excite me the most now is kind of like not the lone hero narrative. Mm-hmm. It's like the collective hero where everybody has a part to make something happen. And I, I find now, the older I get, the more I enjoy those type of stories and those messages. Because a lot of times we always have the one savior, mm-hmm. the one person who does everything. And so when you've been brought up on that type of mythology your whole life, if you don't stack up or rate up to something, you feel like your life is, well, I don't really have much to contribute you know, to whatever. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it shows you that everybody's, wherever station in life they came from, they each played a part to make the thing happen. Mm-hmm. See, this is and we need that message now more than ever, especially mm-hmm. in the things that we're watching and the politics that we're dealing with today. Well, that's an interesting point you bring that up because I feel that part of our national narrative is... The Horatio Alger thing. Yes. Which is the one guy... Pull yourself up with your bootstrap. But it's a really fascinating book I read like 10 years ago called Pull. I was reading it, some review in like Business Week, and this this woman did all these interviews with all these great, great 
you know, these titans of industry and shit like mm-hmm. that. And when you talk to them, you get close to them, mm-hmm. they always let something slip like there's someone who really helped them out. Or exactly. Really helped them. Mm-hmm. But they get conveniently left out of all the success memoirs. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. that because it doesn't fall with the national narrative, mm-hmm. and this whole thing you're talking about about the group collective to get things going, it's how you get things going. See, it's it's like for instance, if you just take like just if you just take George Lucas, right? George Lucas doesn't really get on, doesn't get on without John Milius, Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. and 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 Spielberg. Those guys are all working together, helping each other at the same time, mm-hmm. and they all work. You know, I mean, there's a big story, right. you know, from Jaws about the Quint speech is a combination of of John Milius, who's mm-hmm. not not credited on anything, mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, and Robert Shaw dev- devising that speech, which is like a key defining moment of that film that makes right. it like, damn, mother, this was just a dope film, right. and it's you know, and the whole thing about how. It, uh, um, what's the movie that Lucas did before Star Wars? Oh, uh, American Graffiti. Graffiti, produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. So he so so because his first movie was a flop, so he doesn't get a chance to do Star Wars without Coppola in right. his corner, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and Coppola like like took him from USC and had him be like a director intern on this movie he did called Finney's Rainbow. So mm-hmm. it's like that's the narrative that you don't hear about unless you look deeper, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit with the PR status right. you're mm-hmm. hearing. And that's why, again, this that's movie the, is... And that's the and, how. And, why, and this is why about. Rogue mm-hmm. One is so great too is because one, ain't nobody in this bitch got no... No kind of Jedi powers At whatsoever. Hmm. There's no Skywalker's special gifted family. Which I love. It's, I love I that. Because it's just regular Joes with some fucked up lives <laughs> who got to deal with this situation and they rise up in their own individual ways to make something happen. Like they each collectively come up upon their thing where this is something greater than me. Mm-hmm. And even if my life has to be sacrificed, at least I know that whatever it is we're going for. Because mm-hmm. there was a moment where the Jen character makes this speech when she's trying to convince all the people. Like, okay, we're going to do this, and we're just going to go step by step. And she wasn't like, we're going to see each other at the end. She was like, look, we're going to go as far as we can go. And when we get to the end, let's just like, hey, we did what we could do. Whatever else happens after that Mm -hmm. is whatever, but let's do this for right now in this moment. And I really appreciated that because it's like, we we are facing some heavy times in Mm -hmm, real life. mm -hmm. And art is what keeps us happy, I guess. But see, what was cool cool about that moment, though, what I love about that moment is she says all that. And then all the old white men say, nah, nah, girl, go away, go away, right, go away. Right, right. And she's like, right. I got to do this my own way. Right, I, right. But I love her. Right. She's like, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. To you. And then she mm. says it to the I other don't. people, the rebels who say, okay, we're going to come and go with you. Yeah. And then she says it again. They're like, all right, bitch, we might not make it, but <laughs> let's volunteer we're going to do this shit. And it was like, and, and it was appreciative because I know people who were in the military who were watching this film, they felt like, that shit was like, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you go in, you do this job, and sometimes you know, we, not, we might not make it out, and you just got to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. and hope for the best, and hope that your boys and your girls do what they do to keep it going. Mm-hmm. So, it just, just just a lot that's going on with this film, and like I said, it's if you're not a fan of Star Wars or not interested, it's okay. It's a standalone film. You can film. see it. Because it's, you it, can it, see it. See, was, was, see, and it's, it's fun. The thing I say to everybody all the time is, is that Star Wars is not science fiction. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is fantasy. Mm-hmm. And this is really just like a future That's movie. a really good point. It's, it's, a, right. it's a future war movie. It's, it's a dystopian Because she makes a great point about right. there's no use of the force at He's all not. in this I mean mm. they talk about it you know they they do some of that hate they try to demystify <laughs> shit so they tell you there's they tell you that they go to these things called the kyber crystals which 
is was is what powers the Death Star thing because that's what they use to create the the power source and the lightsabers. Mm. I didn't need to know that. Right. I don't, we don't care. Know how, nothing mm-hmm. about the Jedi. Don't do it. But what's dope about see? But this is I'm telling you about. This is my theory about 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 Donnie Young. His character, he believes in the Force, and 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 in the timeline of the story, is it a time when people don't believe? in the Jedi and to believe in the Force and he's kind of like the keeper of the flame mm. but it's like I think they missed is it like God or something no no no, no it's just it's, just, it's, it's like faith it's, it's a religion faith in your it's, it's, ability it's, to get something it's, done yeah, it's, a reli- it's a religion that no one believes in anymore because mm. in the because in episode 4 th- 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 that guy says you know like Lord Vader we're not impressed by your sorcerer ways and that sad dead mm. religion but so that's cold. That's sad, yeah, dead religion. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that that Donnie Young, he still believes, and I'm, and I'm kind of like, if you made him a failed Jedi, or you made him someone who never complete, who never got close to completing his Jedi training, because he does use the Force at the end. He he channels it, doesn't use it, but channels it. And I'm kind of like, if you created him in a way, and you gave him a backstory that was around as to why he was still into it, and then at the moment when he's so critical at the end, what he needs to do, what he's got to do, that's when he he can like he's you know how you always see these movies where you're trying to like you know like in Ghosts when he can't. Touch mm-hmm. can't touch. The finally does. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's like boom, do that, and it's like his arc is so complete, mm-hmm. and it's like the sacrifice he makes is now like even cooler. Well, know? I just want a movie, a standalone movie with Donnie Yen and Wen Jiang, where they we figure out how they got to be where they are and how they got in that situation because they were my favorite characters in the whole entire movie. I like the fact that they had some characters that had disabilities. Um, that weren't pitied. Yeah, right. You right. know, Johnny Ann's character is blind, and yeah. there's no, oh, he's a poor blind dude. Mm-hmm. There's no pity. He does his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest Whitaker plays a character that's been in war for so long that he's, you know, he, he has a breathing apparatus. He's missing some body parts and stuff, but he's still functioning. Mm-hmm. And there's no, oh, you poor. There's, like, look, disab- you know, people with disabilities exist in the future. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate and they that. They gotta go to war, just and like they gotta go else. war and deal with shit like mm-hmm. everybody else. So there's, like I said, there's something for for everybody in this film. I'm gonna complain all the time. Not enough women. Not enough women of color. Easy fixes that could have been done. That prevents it from getting. It gets a B for me. Yeah. It could have got an A minus. But it still was better than. Force <laughs> Yeah. Any of the prequels after, <laughs> please, please. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Now, but anyhow. Now, you said something earlier about this could be a great standalone. Is this going to be its own standalone? Are they going to do another? I think there might. They might. People were talking about it after. It's like, where? What story? What else could you tell? Because it's like there's only so many. Did it times, feel like it completed itself? It's only so many times you could talk about the Death Star before I'm like, you yeah. know what? Well, We've plus, been there, done plus it. They all, well, see, to me, it's my whole problem with everything Star Wars post Empire is. <clears throat> you created a this environment that's so fascinating, mm-hmm. so many levels. Yet you continue to focus on the Skywalker family. Yes, that right there in itself means you to, to, to me that you're chump, right? Because like what you know what I was telling my brother Alex the other day, which mm-hmm. has been this is this is like the total Star, Star Wars <clears throat> nerd to me, is that if you did a movie. About Bosk and IG eighty eight, these two these two second like string bounty hunters that you only see in Empire. Mm-hmm. There was if you did a movie about them, Boba Fett doing some e- doing some espionage. So you think that like doing like you know okay if you look at the Marvel movies right, what's so dope about Winter Soldier is. Mm-hmm. 
that's like an espionage film. It's not really a superhero film. So, right. so they kind of broke genre within that within that storytelling type. Okay. I'm kind of like a Star Wars movie with espionage, espionage, yes, theft. You know, yes. like, you know, if it was a film noir, that's Donnie in story. Star Wars. That's the Donnie that's Yen the, story. That, that universe, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's even cooler than cool. Yeah, you know, you need to go over there and pitch him to him. <laughs> Tell him you that's the it. only. I mean, or unless you're going to do stuff. I mean, the Rogue One gives a, a, a nice, rich tapestry of characters, like you know, um, Forrest Whitaker's character. You know, you've got. Mads, Mick. I mean, it's just yeah, so lot, many great people, people that you people. Could, there's opportunities to do that if they want to do some more standalones. I would be open to it, mm-hmm. but I'll be honest with you. At this point now, with Star Wars, casting is everything for me. Depending on who you cast, mm-hmm. if you cast the same old, same old default characters, I'm not coming because <laughs> I've seen that story and I'm I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like well, I'm not doing well, it anymore. Well, to me, like I'm, I, I I heard the next couple of films, the standalone films. It's like Han Solo's story. I'm not interested. Don't want to see it because don't want to see it. I want because his backstory is unnecessary. I know what he is. Mm. Give me Lando Carisian. You know you well, got what's his name playing he's him. He's in the 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 the. the but story. if we focus on Lando, Lando and everybody and else, else maybe, how about a young Jabba before he was yeah, really big? You know, that's cool. A young skinny Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's the, he was just a tiny, a tiny speck of blood. Yeah, yeah, he's a little dude. Just a little blob. <laughs> Supposedly a Boba Fett movie. I don't want to see that really. Mm. You don't want to see a Boba Fett movie? Um, no, because he got so besmirched. In mm. Attack of the Clones, that's that true. I was like, that's I don't true. even want to know. <laughs> I don't true. care. I don't care. Yeah, I, forgot I, don't that. I don't care. I forgot about the. But I, you know what? I'll take that back. I the Attack of the those movies don't exist for me. So that technically that didn't happen. And then <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> suppose supposedly they're going to do some Obi Wan movie. It's like I don't need to know that story. I don't either. need to know that. No. I, th- so, uh, I've been saying all along. Mm. I've been saying this since 1997. <laughs> you need to tell a story about about. The, the forming of the Jedi Knights. Thank you. How did mm. that come down? Jump back like 2,000 yes. years in the past. Mm. Show me, like, you know. Do their crusade. Do the, the Jedi Crusades steal, movie. Look, just steal from Excalibur if exactly. you want something. But, you know, just your story structure. And then, mm-hmm. but, but do it Star Wars way. And How did they split? It. Like, do all that. Like, do the, the, the Lord, history. Like, what's up with that? Yes. I mean, I know all that. Yes. If, if I, I do, the fact that I don't know that, the fact that they won't do that, <laughs> and they want to keep mining. You, what, mean, you guys you know, don't want to see the Ewoks again? Man, listen. When that came out, I went as a kid. Ewoks. Even I knew that's marketing to get kids to buy toys. I was like, you know what? Y'all doing a little too much, George. Y'all, y'all made your money. Stop it. (laughs) Do something for the fans who are now old. The fans who grew up with you from 1977, Mm. six years later, they're older now. They don't really want to see something that you know that that is for their. You know, like 1977 right, self. Right. You know, so no. And no. especially when you're doing scene, when you because you know every Star Wars movie's always got to have like the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need cute fury, you know. And what <laughs> I appreciate about Rogue One is the aliens that they had in some of the places in here, and they, these mugs look rough. Yeah. Like these cats ain't playing. Like mm-hmm. you walk in, you might get a chest. Your chest might get burst open for no reason. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't no cute little oh like this motherfucker. This one dude had like these cheekbones. Like I bet you he got razors and shit that come out. <laughs> and if you even try to cheat him or something, so I appreciate. That it was like an, an, a, you know, a little bit more than just oh the cute, funny, weird looking, funny kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did have one little character that was like at first you thought oh that's kind of cute, mm-hmm. but he was kind of badass when you saw him later mm-hmm. on. You're like okay, that's not they they kind of fooled me with that one. They kind of gave you a little bit, and then he mm-hmm. turned in to be a little badass. And it's like okay, but you know we grown up, and you know. So Lisa was different. saying she gives it a B. What do you give it? I never give it a B. B plus or B. 
I, you know what? There's certain things about it that I really liked that the cameos were interesting to me. Hmm. You know, so there's, so the people, so, so, so the two pirates who accost Luke in the, in the cantina, Mm -hmm. you know, in the, in episode four, Mm -hmm. like you see them Mm -hmm. and there's like, you know, it's maybe like what it's like, I don't know, like two or three weeks before then Mm -hmm. you see them Mm -hmm. and you see like Grand Moff Tarkenton, you know, Peter Cushing, he's dead, but they, but they, they they CGI'd CGI'd his ass (laughs) back and it looked looked good. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, he's in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you know, there's these, there's these people in with the rebels, like the Senator or something Mm -hmm. like that. They just pop up and it's just like, oh, so interesting. It's a fascinating way to tie in a movie to the other films in a way that, right. you, that you couldn't even have done three years ago. Mm-hmm. But and that just, only works, though, if you're a fan yes, of the sure, other yeah, ones. Because sure. if you were just coming in and didn't know nothing, it wouldn't mean anything it wouldn't mean, to you. Yeah, true. But for real fans, for the there's, fans there's a subtext. Yeah. It, and, I, I mean, and also, there's, way, there's things like that. There's like technical stuff that I really dug. Like the way that... The, the one thing I loved about this, which I haven't seen in the other films done the same way, or, is that the, the, the environment looks properly aged. You know, that's what I hated about the prequels is that the, the stuff looks so new. And I was like, it, I was <laughs> like so was shiny. Like, are we in Japan? Like, it, like it can't because, you know, we, we, everything looks so shiny and it, new and so high tech. Right. And, and, you, and you jump forward and clean. like 25 years or whatever, 35 years to where it was in the in the original trilogy. This stuff didn't even look like it like it came from that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys messed that up. So things like that, I I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a B. I I maybe a B plus. Well, you know I give it a B plus because that scene with Vader at the end is so oh, damn the fight good. Mm-hmm. So damn good. I was like, Fuck. shout out to uh I'm I'm a, I'm just gonna say it. Uh I believe it's Tony Gilroy mm-hmm. who uh probably saved the script. Yes. Because <laughs> I saw <laughs> the the script credits and stuff, and I was like, Oh, let me see who all these motherfuckers are gonna write this. All 19 who, of them. Who, who, no, there's actually it's I four, think there's four, four main writers, ones. And I saw writers. Tony, so shout out to Tony Gilroy because I know yes. in my heart. <laughs> no disrespect to everybody, but I know <laughs> Tony Gilroy. Well awesome. Tony's awesome. Tony's Tony awesome. put his foot in it, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that he probably wrapped up some things that mm-hmm. were probably kind of Problematic. You know, yeah. And, and he brought so, his brother in the edit because yeah. his brother was so, the editor. Shout out to the Gilroy brothers, brothers for doing it up. For putting it down. You know, game peeps game. Mm-hmm. And when I be watching credits, I be trying to see, well, who did like, oh, the Gilroy brothers. <laughs> so let's do, so let's, let's, um, let's stop this episode. Let's, let's tell everybody and we'll do the next episode. Okay. With um, the other one. So where you at, Chris? I am at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram, and at shadowboxercinema.net. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm. I'm putting up some think pieces for the end of the year. That's good. That's good. What about you, Lisa? Lisa Coat. Y'all know where y'all, y'all know where y'all can find me at. I'm always on Twitter. I'm a Twitter fiend. I'm a recovering Twitter addict. <laughs> Twitterhead. Hi, my name is Lisa, and I'm a Twitter addict. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Bitch Flicks. Um, you can find me typically every Saturday, although the last couple Saturdays. Uh, I'm sorry, Geek Soul Brother. I've just been, I'm sorry. I've just been caught up in my Korean dramas. <laughs> and I've just been that's like, you said the, the zombie watching. one's on Amazon, though, right? Child, Train to Busan. Train to Busan. That's and, uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember the magazine or whoever it was. Was it 
I can't remember who it was. Well, whoever did the top 10 horror movies in 2016, mm-hmm. shame on you for not having Train to Busan on your list oh, really? and some other international films. See, this mm-hmm. is what happens when people don't watch yeah. movies. Sure. They pick their little horror movies that are like American mm-hmm. or white center. And it's like, you don't watch no shit from any other places. <laughs> Y'all might learn something. Yeah. So yeah. Any filmmaker. Look, film if you're going to be a real filmmaker, you need to be watching global Have film. Have you seen that, Train to Busan? You get no, I, no, it's I, on I, Amazon. I want to. I know, I, I it's know, on Amazon. I'm... You know, I haven't watched the end of Westworld yet. So we should have. Oh, I know. I had to catch up on Westworld. <laughs> Behind. But yeah, you can always find me on there. So uh, apologies, Geek Soul Brother and everybody on Saturday Night Sci-Fi where I'm usually, I'm usually there. But I've just been caught up in like, I've been doing retrospectives of Korean filmmakers that I love. Okay. And I just came out of a bad one with the guy who does, I love him, uh, Kim Duck. Oh God, what is his last name? He did The Isle, mm-hmm. uh, Pieta. He does the really like, the hard Korean mm-hmm. shit that I love, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just really going back and, and enjoying uncomfortable movies like that that I enjoy. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about they were just showing a commercial last night for some new horror movie. I don't know what it was, and I realized, you know, me, I'm more, I'm more, you know, into the vampire, zombie, werewolf type of thing personally. But and I realized it's because I don't like that whole possessed thing. Like, everybody always goes that way with the horror. Right. It's always some possession. Their eyes are black. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> you want to blame some other entity for how your behavior yeah, I don't, is. I don't I like, like it when it just comes from naturally. I don't like messing with that I shit. Like, I, well, yeah. So gets, for me, I'm like, mm, It gets scary. Yeah, that, that kinda, shit I don't do. With. Yeah. That might scare me. Maybe that's why I don't watch it. Well, as a kid, that's what this, That's why that, you know, uh, The Exorcist and all mm-hmm. those movies, The Omen, that kind of biblical Christian religious thing is scary because when you come from religious backgrounds, it's it's really hard to negotiate those type of spaces. Correct. Now that I'm grown and I don't really look at Christianity, as, <laughs> I look at it as the cult that it is mm-hmm. that has become this big thing. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to cults because if you look at the origins of the word cult, it's not really a negative thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of like when you grow up a little bit and you start looking at world religions, I can I can kind of navigate those type of films, possession mm-hmm. films, and not be as scared as I used to be as a kid because mm-hmm. I used to be terrified. Mm-hmm. you know. And I used to be terrified of the devil. Now mm-hmm. I think the devil's kind of sexy <laughs> and he's got a bad rap. So that's you where see. I is. Oh, one more thing before we leave. I want to get a shout out to uh, Black Girl Nerds and a couple other folks who are going to be doing the Universal Con. Did you see that? Mm, really? 2018, Black Girl Nerds and, a, and a, a couple other folks, they're putting together one of the first all-inclusive fandom cons. It's going to be really? in Baltimore, Maryland in 2018. Mm-hmm. I've already uh, hit up Graveyard Shift Sister. We want mm-hmm. to do a horror panel for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited because it's the first con that is dealing specifically and the intention behind it is to be inclusive with a focus really on people with disabilities, people of color, marginalized groups, LGBT, all Mm -hmm. of that great stuff. So I'm excited because it's kind of like the fandom, the people of color fandom, Mm -hmm. we stepped it up to the point where, you know what, if we can't have cons that are kind of navigating and creating the spaces that we want, they're going to create their own. So that's huge. That's a huge thing. So please support the Kickstarter. Uh, Go check it out. We also were talking about... I'm still working on that episode. And you've got to come. We've got to come do a panel there. Come on. But we were talking about um, um, everybody getting, getting a whole black group to go to Sundance in 2018. Look, I'm trying to tell you. Look, Black House, the organization, which I love, who's been doing wonderful things there, has set a precedent, precedent I think, um, in terms of creating a space for us to come and be mm-hmm. there. And all I can say is the times that I've gone, I've always enjoyed it, 
learned a lot, and I think it's one of those things that I, I wish more people would go take advantage of and go mm-hmm. check out. So that's my goal for next year is 2017, uh, Straight Up Sundance, 2018, Universal Con, uh, Black Panther, well, 2018. 2017, <laughs> Sundance is in a couple of weeks. Well, the, sorry, 2018. <laughs> sorry, 2018. I forgot, it's the end of the year. Okay, 2018. 2018 is going to be huge for me. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. So mm-hmm. shout out to everybody involved with Universal Con. I'm looking forward to that. So. That's what's up. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest. Twitter. Follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you guys are on. We're on everything, SoundCloud, all that shit. <laughs> um, Rogue One is better than Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> Don't at me. At your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, you guys know what we call Screenwriters Rant Room and shit like that. So join in with us. Yeah, I can't what you, what, what you getting ready to say? I was about to cuss, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can go below that. On the okay. show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Yeah. In the rain. Let the beast about the cage That light about the dark Can you build the inferno From an itty bitty spark Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million other writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red room We say what we say We do what we feel We gotta keep it real In the red room All about the crap So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.